Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet activist Halita Brohi, poet Kevin Young, and best-selling writer and journalist Jean-Marie Laskus. You'll hear about stories from all over the world, from the voiceless women in Pakistan, to the voices of one's childhood, to the heartfelt letters of everyday Americans. Plus, learn why poetry, like song, is meant to be shared out loud. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Khalida Brohi. I wrote my book because it was time to tell the story of my cousin and the stories of every woman in Pakistan who are voiceless. I realized one thing before writing the book that whenever an honor killing happens, girls are murdered and their stories and their souls are buried with their clothes and their stuff is thrown away and they're made non-existent. That's what happened to my cousin. And somehow I was supporting that whole thing by not talking about her, by not saying her name out loud. So I decided to write this book to make her come alive, to come back to the earth where she belonged, for her stories to come back to us and to celebrate those women who are unable to talk about themselves. I wrote this book because it's not just about me. It's about every other girl who, if given opportunities, would do so much more than me. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that would be storytelling. Because I have done this before. I read books to my siblings. I read books to my cousins. The only difference is each time I read a sentence, I translate it in Brahvi language for them. I have been doing this for years now, and it's something I enjoy a lot. I did, however, realize that I had trouble pronouncing any word with a V in it. Up until now, I did not know how to pronounce a V and have not been corrected, and I was pronouncing everything as a W. So that was fun. The part of the narration of my audiobook that I'm really proud of is the introduction. I wanted to talk about why this book is important to me, and I have put it down very, very beautifully, and I hope you enjoy it as well. The last great audiobook that I listened to was Before We Were Yours by Lisa Wingate. It was a beautifully narrated, beautifully written story. I enjoyed it very much. Hi, this is Kevin Young. Narrating my audiobook was an adventure. It was like a journey back into the poems, of course. And many of them are about a childhood I spent in Kansas or the character or figure. I mean, it's me, (laughs) who experiences his childhood and his boyhood in Kansas. But I also then became really aware in writing the book that it was also about the boyhood of my son and trying to sort of juxtapose those two and see many years later, what has changed. In many ways, there wasn't a lot of change. But I also think narrating the audiobook helped me realize the different voices that are in the collection as a whole, whether it's Booker Wright's or even a poem that's not in James Brown's voice sort of takes on his song's qualities, or a poem like Howlin' Wolf, where I was really trying to think about this particular photograph of him where he's thought to be in this picture in a prison gang with a guitar in his hand and what it must have felt to be in that situation. So I was really trying to write out of 
both imagination and experience, and narrating the audiobook brings both of those together for me. I think poetry is very much meant to be read. It's almost meant to be sung. It's somewhere between song and speech, a good poem. And it does that thing that I think only a poem can do, which is transports you into another eye almost seamlessly. For just that moment of the poem, and hopefully a little bit longer, you are transported, you're transformed, you're made aware of this other lyric I, this self that could be yours. And the voice is part of that transport. I think poems are great read aloud. They're great read aloud to yourself, and you can carry them in your body and memorize them. And that powerful portability of a poem that lives in oneself, even if it's someone else's, even if it's centuries old, is one of its really great superpowers, I think. I realized there were two ways of pronouncing a word in my penultimate poem, Money Road, which is a poem about Emmett Till and his lynching. And in the second to last stanza, I say something like, you know, this cursed earth. And then I was like, well, is it cursed? <laughs> and even though I wrote it, I was sort of, it's my poem. So I was trying to figure out which way I liked better. And I think we settled on cursed, which I believe is how I usually pronounce it. But I also didn't want to have a little accent on it. It seemed a little fancy. The real part is after where I say, or is it cussed or cussed? Uh, <laughs> and that to me, is just as important. I'm really excited about listeners hearing the kind of music that flows through the poems. I was struck narrating the audiobook, how much music there is in the book. I think I knew, but to hear it and through this oral and aural lens was really great, especially some of the poems in the third section of the book are explicitly about music, James Brown and De La Soul and hip-hop. But I was also aware of how the music that inspired some of those poems shapes how they sound. So my sonnet sequence, De La Soul is Dead, purposely sounds different than the poems you know that mention Count Basie or think about Muhammad Ali. You have to have a varied song. And I think that that idea is what helped me really go from someone who wrote poems to be a poet if there's a difference. And the difference for me was I realized that, you know, I had my own song to sing, but also that it had a lot to do with music and that it had a lot to do with history. And understanding the connections between music and history is some of what I'm interested in in this book, Brown. If I had to cast someone to who wasn't me, to read my audiobook. In a way, I almost just would love to hear some of those voices of my childhood again, whether it's Ali or Arthur Ashe or even sort of my voice as a kid, because those are the voices I'm trying to kind of conjure in the, especially in the early parts of the book. So, you know, it's not so much I want Muhammad Ali to read it, though that would be great. But I hear his voice when I hear the poem and him even terming the rumble in the jungle or talking about the rope-a-dope, all those ways he was facile and beautiful with language is really amazing. I have a lot of memories of being read to as a child. I remember mostly my mother, though I know both my parents read to me. And I don't think there's any specific thing I remember except for that pleasure of falling asleep being read to, which is one of those great 
things in life. Having read to my son for his growing up, and now that he just now has stopped having us read to him and he reads himself to sleep, I do miss that quality, which I think is kind of captured in the book. I think the book thinks a lot about what it means to be a child, what it means to be a boy, what it means to be a brown boy, and how all those things are a kind of sound of their own. It did occur to me when I was narrating the book that he might, my son, hear it one day uh, and hear these poems about him, some of which, if not all, he's heard before. But I hope he gets to hear them in a new light and share them with whatever family he makes or, or finds or is part of. But also, I think just knowing that he could be the protagonist of some of these, and he's sort of across all of the book, which I really like. There was a moment when I thought I would just write one poem about him because I'd written about him before when he was a little baby. But now that he can talk, you know, you, you worry. <laughs> I don't want him to come back and say, you were wrote about me. But he loves appearing. And even in poems that I think are sort of hard, I think they speak to both his growing up, but also one's connection across generations. And if that stands the test of time, that's all the better. Hi, this is Jean Marie Leskis. My book, To Obama, with love, joy, anger, and hope, is a celebration of letters, of people who wrote to the president, something I would have never thought to do, and the people working behind the scenes who made sure those voices were heard, who made sure President Obama had the chance to hear what people were saying. He read 10 letters a day and wrote back to people. So the book is a, an exchange between letter writers and the president. It's a diary of a nation in that way. Narrating my audiobook, if you want the honest truth, <laughs> was a lot harder than I thought it would be. But it was really fun. You get into it. You get deep into the story. And it's just hard. <laughs> oh, I don't know what else to say. It was fun, though. One thing I realized in having to pronounce the various words of all things that were difficult for me to pronounce, it was President Obama. It takes a while to articulate that. <laughs> and I remember I was always actually critical of Hillary Clinton during the campaign for the way she would sort of slur President Obama. And now I get it. <laughs> it's hard to say. I'm really excited for listeners to hear, in a lot of the cases, or some of the cases, the voices of the actual letter writers reading their letters. There's nothing like hearing them in their own voices, the emphasis that they put on what they were meaning to say. And there's a number of them we were able to capture, and to me, that's what makes this audiobook come to life. I do have memories of being read to as a child, especially the Dr. Seuss books, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. It was mostly my sister reading it to me. Oh, my poor sister. She would have to read that over and over and over again until I had it memorized. I love being read to. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. <laughs>